This is Streaming Income, a podcast from Bearings, and I'm your host, Greg Campion. On this show, we intend to dig below the headlines to find out what's really going on in public and private asset markets around the world. From fixed income and equities to alternatives and real estate, we'll be speaking with Bearings experts from across the globe to get a glimpse into where they're seeing risks and opportunities today. If you like the show and want to hear more from us, just search Bearings on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and click subscribe or visit us on bearings.com. That's B-A-R-I-N-G-S.com. So in today's show, I spoke with Matt Nacharian and Adrian Butler. Matt is head of Bearings Structured Credit Investment Group, and that's a team that analyzes, underwrites, and then builds and manages portfolios of CLOs. Matt's uh, been at the firm since 1995. Adrian is a portfolio manager in Bearings High Yield Group, She's responsible for the creation of new CLOs and the management of their underlying collateral. She's worked in the industry since 1990 and has been at the firm since 2002. You know, there's a lot of comparisons between today and the period immediately preceding the global financial crisis. I think Matt and Adrian did a really nice job of talking about what's similar and what's different. I hope you enjoy the show. Matt Nacharian, Adrian Butler, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks. Good to yeah, be here. Great to be here. Great. So uh, it's a great time to to have you guys here. There's there's just so much going on in the structured credit market right now. Um, I don't think I can actually remember a time when leveraged loans and CLOs have been in the headlines so much, right? And we know all the pressures that are out there, right? We know that people are getting worried about where we are in the credit cycle. We know... Uh, we're seeing a lot of equity market volatility, uh, and people are wondering whether that means a recession's on the way. Um, and there's a whole host of considerations, right? So um, we're going to talk about CLOs today. We're going to talk about uh, the underlying collateral, which are senior secured loans, leveraged loans, however you want to define them. Um, but but speaking of defining, I think maybe a good place to start just to kind of level set uh, everyone here is let's let's define our terms. So Matt, I'm going to turn to you first and, and just ask if you can uh, just explain to us the basic structure of a CLO, um, how do they work, and, and maybe even why they exist in the first place. Sure. You know, a CLO you can think of as a, a simple company that's going to raise uh, uh, money, say $500 million from investors, and it's going to invest it in a $500 million portfolio of corporate loans. And that portfolio is going to be really well diversified, anywhere from, say, 125 to 250 different loans and maybe, you know, 10 to 20 different industries and maybe only, you know, 1% type positions to the to the largest exposure it's going to have a set life. It's going to exist for about 10 or 12 years, um, but it's going to have a, a five-year period when it starts where the manager who selected the individual loans and who's hired to manage this company um, will select and actively manage that portfolio. And they're managing it to maximize the interest and in the principal that they collect and minimize the credit losses um, that are experienced over the life of that CLO, no matter what the economic conditions are. And so I think, you know, when you look at any one CLO, it'll be a mix of those, all of those investors. You might have a, a Japanese bank, you might have an Australian pension, you'll have U.S. pensions, you might have family offices, you might have hedge funds, all invested in different parts of the capital structure. And basically, they've all come together to hire a manager to buy, a, you know, a $500 million 
portfolio of loans yep. uh, for them in the market at that time. Yeah. And the 500 million that came from the investors came in different forms. Senior tranches, rated AAA, uh, that are the top 60% of the capital structure of the company and get paid first. And if there are credit losses in the portfolio, um, money is diverted from more junior investors to pay them off quickly. So it's a very safe investment that can handle uh, almost all of the loans defaulting and still get paid back. And then the middle 30% of the capital structure uh, is made up of different rated tranches that uh, go in order of seniority, so a double A rated, a single A, triple B, and double B rated. They add up to about 30% of the capital structure. And then the bottom 10% is usually the equity investors. And they get whatever's left over after collecting all the interest from the, the loans and paying uh, interest to the debt holders above you. Um, they get every penny that's left over. So they benefit uh, really well when the manager has no credit losses because they get all of the extra interest. And if the manager has gains over the life of the portfolio, they benefit from that. Uh, but they're first in line uh, to get hit by any credit losses that are experienced in the portfolio. That's great. Th thank you so much for that explanation. I, I really like your company analogy. So, Adrian, maybe that's, that's a good jumping off point because you're actually creating the CLOs and managing the underlying collateral. I feel like loans have been having a difficult time in the press lately, to probably to say the least, but talk to us a little bit about the underlying collateral. Matt, Matt touched on it, but, but what are these What are these loans and, and who are these companies, et cetera? Sure, you're right. I, I think loans have been getting a little bit of bad press in the market lately. Um, but but let's you know revisit what are we what are we securitizing in these structures? And they are senior secured loans. And by nature, by definition, they are senior in the capital stack. So they benefit from being at the top of every corporate credit um, exposure and and being senior in that process is is important. Um, they're secured. They're secured usually by assets or stock of the company, which really benefits you. If you do face a downturn or you do face a default, the fact that you have security really increases your recovery value in investing in these loans. Um, you know, another thing is it's a very diverse um, sector of loans. And the, the companies that you might see in this sector are um, names that you know, uh, Charter Communications, Dell Computer, um, uh, first data, all names that are very broadly held across CLOs and recognizable by everyday mm -hmm. people. Yeah. I mean, Moody's breaks us up into 35 different industry sectors. So it's a very diverse portfolio of loans. Hmm. Yeah. So let's get into the discussion on the market here. And and I guess what I would like to start with is, is I've kind of mentioned up front about there being some negative headlines, but I actually want to read some headlines to you guys. The New York Times recently said, Wall Street loves these risky loans. The rest of us should be wary. Forbes says rating agencies sound the alarm about leveraged loans and CLOs. Financial Times said investors signal concerns with leveraged loans. And Bloomberg says U.S. leveraged loan funds lose cash at fastest pace ever, talking about some of the retail flows. So to, to say the least, the headlines are negative. And, and, and I think, you know, what I'd like to investigate with you guys is how much of that is warranted, I guess, and how much is not. So, you know, some of these discussions that we've seen out there are comparing today to the period preceding the global financial crisis. I'd like to to understand your view on, is that a fair comparison? And Matt, let's let's start with you. Um, and maybe the, the best place to start with is comparing CLOs to the CDOs that were um, present at that time. 
Yeah. Well, one of, one of the points I'd really like to make here and what you don't see in a lot of those articles is the fact that a CLO securitization is actively managed by a professional institutional credit manager that's an expert in buying and managing loans. Yeah, and most securitizations like auto loans or others are just pools of similar assets put together and analyzed statistically. Here you have credit analysts at well over a hundred different institutional asset managers that have issued and managed CLOs picking the individual loans, building a diversified portfolio, and then actively managing it for a period of five years or so. That's a very different risk profile. And you make a really good point there, Matt, because what we do on a day-to-day basis is evaluate the relative value of the underlying securities. And that's based on the risk and the return that you have under each underlying asset. So so yes, it's a day-to-day process to evaluate the risk within the portfolio. Each loan is not created equal. And that gets to your your second question about what's the difference uh, with CDOs from, uh, you know, from the past and from the financial crisis. Well, you know, a CDO is just a broader term. So a CLO focuses on loans. A CDO can focus on any kind of debt. And um, back then, a big market was the subprime mortgage debt market, where it was pools of poorly underwritten subprime mortgages. Um, a, a poorly underwritten subprime mortgage with you know, maybe uh, poor documentation, if not fraudulent documentation, is very different than a loan to you know, the Dell Computer Corporation sure, yeah. uh, that has you know, lots of public information as well as audited financial statements and has uh, a, you know, an army of credit analysts watching its performance quarter to quarter. Those are two very different Risk. And, and that's the fundamental difference between uh, the CDO market and the CLO market, even though they share some similarities in terms of how interest and principal cash flows are divided up. Yeah. And then how about, Adrian, from your perspective, you're, if you're looking at the uh, health of the underlying loan market today, I'm curious as to what are some of the measures you're looking at and what are some of those things telling you today? Right. I mean, I just I'm going to take a step back a minute. I mean, the volatility in the market that we've seen does create angst among investors. And and clearly, the repercussions there are, are on valuations. And when you're looking at the loans, you, you, you have to be cognizant of what the valuations are in the market. But the loan market has evolved a lot since, since the great financial crisis. Um, the loan market today is over $1.2 trillion in size. It was half that size in 2007. Mm-hmm. So in terms of its robustness, its ability to trade, the number of investors involved, it is a far more mature market than it was at that time yeah. period. Um, what do we use to, to evaluate uh, loans? We look at the fundamental credit analysis of each individual investment, um, including leverage, interest coverage, uh, valuation of the collateral, uh, enterprise value. And I think if we look at some of those metrics, I mean, today, average leverage is about three times with interest coverage of over five times. Leading up to the great downturn, we saw leverage a turn higher and interest coverage a little over three times. So mm. we are still far more healthier than, than we were at that point in time. And if you look at the default cycle over the last several years, it's been under 2% for a really long time. It's about 1.6% on an LTM basis. And in the peak of the great financial crisis, that was 9.6%. Wow. Okay, so it seems like there's some differences. I mean, Matt, how about in terms of the robustness of the CLO structures today? I mean, 
What's what's your sense on the strength of those as we think about? Is there a downturn in the in the relative near future? Sure. I mean, first, it, I think it's important to point out these are not new structures. They've been around a long time, and you know, it really started pretty actively in the mid 1990s. So it's well over 20 years of history, and over that 20 year period of time, we've gone through multiple credit cycles, whether they were in a particular industry like telecommunications in the late 90s uh, or in others, including the financial crisis, each year, uh, each cycle, improvements have been made to these structures based on past experience. And the universe of credit managers that serve as the collateral managers for CLOs uh, have also gotten much more experienced. So, you know, when we look at the robustness of this now, we look back at three or four waves of significant improvements that have been made to the structures based on real life lessons. And despite that, as you go back to that history, CLOs have performed really, really well. You know, one of the main reasons are, as Adrian pointed out, senior secured loans are most senior in the capital structure. And when they do get in trouble, they tend to have better recovery rates than other types of debt investments. If there's anything that's the secret sauce as to why they've performed really well, uh, it's that, uh, you know, true nature of the loans uh, that are quite secured. And then uh, features that have been added over the years, particularly after the crisis where the rating agencies had come under so much scrutiny. Um, they made the structures have to be stronger to get the required ratings uh, that you need to issue the debt, um, even though the CLOs had performed very well. Mm. And really very few, if any, had had credit issues. So it's, um, you know, the product that's out there today that's being commented on in the press pretty frequently um, is much stronger than ever before, uh, even though we've had great performance. So taking a look at, at where some of the opportunities are today um, and looking at where we think, uh, you know, maybe some of the, the recent market moves have resulted in, in opportunities um, for attractive value. You know, Adrian, can we talk a little bit about the loan space overall? Are you seeing um, things like outflows in the, in the U.S. retail market or uh, just broader concerns leading to wider spreads and more attractive valuations, kind of what's your sense overall in terms of where the where value is today? Yeah, I, I, I think it's a very timely question. We have seen outflows in the loan market, and a lot of that has been retail flows. Um, with, with that kind of an outflow, we've seen prices on loans uh, decline. And, uh, you know, we've spent the last year mostly in a par plus market and seeing that relief and, and seeing the prices on loans drop below par. I think from a credit picker's perspective, really brings some opportunity to the table. And we've been able to take a, a fresh look at the loans and the underlying portfolio and the broader market and try to make some good relative value decisions on where we see um, where we see opportunity from a credit perspective and from a total return perspective. We look across the industries to come up with, uh, with our best ideas. And I think there's a few sectors that we feel pretty bullish on and a few sectors that we're probably a little worried about. Is energy on your list there? Well, absolutely. I think we've seen the price of oil um, you know, bounce around a good bit, and and that is a hard sector to invest in, particularly on the on the loan side, because there aren't as many issuers on on the loan side as perhaps on the mm -hmm. bond side. But um, I, I think that's a sector we're we're cautious on. Uh, retail is one that I think the market has been talking about a lot. There's been paradigm shifts in the industry, and 
clearly the the way consumers purchase goods and services today is different than it was even you know two or three years ago, let yeah. alone a decade ago. So I I think we're cautious in investing in that sector. That that being said, there's always opportunity in a beat up sector. The other place I think we want to be careful of right now is is anything with interest sensitivity. Clearly, in a rising rate environment, uh, things like buying new cars, mm-hmm. uh, real estate mm-hmm. investments, all sensitive to the interest rate market. And I think those are sectors that we're cautious on right now yeah. as well. Yeah. How about you, Matt? I mean, that it's interesting looking at, at it from Adrian's level and then looking at it from your level as well. So as you're looking across third-party managers, are you focused on this sector risk, making sure you don't have too much energy exposure, making sure you don't have too much retail exposure, et cetera? How does that work? Sure. You know, when uh, Adrian builds a a portfolio, it's very diverse. And most CLOs, you know, they they may vary in the true level of diversity, but all of them, uh, even the ones with the most concentrated risks, are still very diversified by industry and individual issuer. And so when you build a portfolio of CLOs from different managers, you get those best credit ideas from managers with different investment styles. And, you know, in the high yield market in general, there will be credit losses, there will be defaults and in individual names in pretty much every manager's portfolio somewhere along the line. So by building a diverse portfolio of CLO investments, you really end up with an ultra diversified exposure to the corporate loan market. And you should only invest in CLOs if you like the corporate loan market and you want to invest with these you know, professional institutional investors, but it gives you a lot more options. So you know, if you thought the, the recent sell-off in loans was a good buying opportunity, CLOs, because of the longer life of the structure, give you more spread duration. So you can potentially make higher returns because you, know, you can get more of a pickup when spreads tighten. Uh, But you can also uh, express that defensively. So, you know, a large global bank or insurance company that um, needs to buy very high quality assets might buy the AAA tranche of a CLO. And there they'll get about 32% of the spread available on that loan portfolio. But they pretty much can handle all of the loans in a diverse portfolio defaulting and still get all of their money back. On the other hand, if you have a much more aggressive perspective and really like loans, you can move down that capital structure. And if you're the most aggressive, you can buy the equity of a CLO, which gives you, you know, basically a 10 times levered investment on the particular manager. And I would say, you know, very simplistically looking at the market today, anytime where the the return on the assets are that much greater than the cost of the liabilities, that's when it's a benefit to equity. Mm -hmm. And right now, when we're seeing loans trade off, it is an opportunity to buy loans at below par prices, which should accrue to equity over time. Clearly, the the, the crux of the matter is where the liabilities price. Mm -hmm. But but in a market like this, where loans are trading off, as a manager, I find that a really attractive time to be picking Mm -hmm. credit. Mm -hmm. Right. So there's various attachment points. You, you, you start out from a point of diversification, both at the individual CLO level and then much more diversification as you build a, um, as, as you build a portfolio of CLOs. Um, but there's these various kind of attachment points along the way for different types of investors with different risk and return um, parameters and opportunities along the way. I mean, as you look up and down the capital structure within a CLO today, Matt, and, and you look at where things are valued, um, 
are there parts that are particularly attractive or less attractive today? So is AAA really interesting and equity now or vice versa? What do you see in there today? Sure. I mean, as, as even though we're, you know, 10 years on now from the financial crisis, um, still a lot of the, the large global banks that had the CDOs that you mentioned earlier, the, the senior tranches from those on their books um, and had a bad experience with those have still stepped back from the market. So as a result, you know, I mentioned you got 32% of the spread or you get 32% of the spread uh, by investing in the senior tranche of a new CLO. Um, and, you know, that's yielding about LIBOR plus 125 uh, or, or so, depending on who the manager is and, and the particular deal. But that is a huge share of the spread on the underlying loans, considering the fact that you can handle almost all the loans defaulting and recovering at near historical mm -hmm. levels, and you'd have no loss. Before the crisis, that was about 10% of the spread. So you're getting, you know, just a, a huge multiple of that spread, and you're getting overpaid for the risk you're taking in those tranches. And that makes them just fundamentally attractive. And the fact that uh, a lot of the regulations globally have made it tough for large institutions to invest in some of those tranches has kept it quite attractive. Right, right. I think the famously quoted stat that you see in reports again and again, I think, is that no AAA CLO tranche has ever defaulted. Is that still that's, correct? Yes. Yep. And so it's, you know, that's, uh, when you ask me what's the best value, um, I can't ignore that that's uh, by far and away the best risk adjusted return. However, that is the lowest returning part of yeah, the CLO right, capital right. structure. So even though that one probably is fundamentally the best, there's still very attractive spots in the other parts of the capital structure. And in particular, you know, we're starting to really like the double B part of the market again, where, you know, in things we've seen in recent days, you can earn LIBOR plus 700 or more uh, at mm. that part, part mm. of the capital structure. Now that is leveraged, although it still can handle, uh, you know, north of 10% type losses in the underlying portfolio, but uh, it will be volatile and you have to be really selective on the managers that you uh, choose to invest with as you move down the capital structure of a CLO. Adrian, as you kind of take it all in and 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 think about, you know, your outlook for, for 2019 and beyond, what are some of the, your main takeaways? Well, I, I think thinking about our entire conversation here, the loan market is large, it's robust, it's liquid, it's very diverse. Um, will we face another downturn? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Are we closer to it today than we were before yesterday? We are. Mm -hmm. um, but... I think we need you need to be able to focus on the basic underlying credit. Um, default rates are really low right now. They will increase. I think the market expects that recovery values will probably be less than they were over the 30-year average of 80%. Um, but that being said, it's all about managing the default rates, and that's picking the right credits. And if we look at the underlying loans, I think those provide an opportunity in the fact that they sit at the top of the corporate capital stack they're secured by assets and or stock. So I, I feel like the loan market is a great place to invest. And the most efficient way to invest in that market, I firmly believe, is through the CLOs. Matt, from your perspective? We started out, uh, you know, talking about a lot of the negative press that's been in the market lately. And I think, you know, as, as somebody who's been in this market for a long time and, and seen a lot of the different ups and downs, you know, what's really come through for me is the importance of diversification, the importance of active management by professional 
credit investors um, is really important for all sorts of types of investors. And the CLO market is a bit complex, uh, but if you um, just do a little bit of work to, to get comfortable with it and to, to really study how well it has performed in multiple cycles, you'll be well rewarded because there really is a, a lot of different ways to express uh, interest in that sector to achieve uh, your portfolio goals. So I think you know the main takeaway is the extra work uh, to get comfortable with CLOs and to learn about them uh, is really worth it. Yeah, that's great. Matt, Adrian, this has been a really timely and, and I think informative discussion. So I really appreciate you both joining me today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to hear more from the team here at Bearings, please go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and search Bearings. Or you can find us on the web at bearings.com. That's B-A-R-I-N-G-S.com. Thanks again.